What's up, everybody? What's going on? My name is Carl Markowski, and you are listening to the Playing On Podcast. Thank you for joining me. We are proudly sponsored by Razalife.com, where you can find all kinds of crazy custom gear, from t-shirts, tank tops, to pants, jerseys, all kinds of nifty, neat stuff over at Razalife.com. If you type in capital T-P-O-P at checkout, you can get 19% off. So thank you to Razalife.com. We are also brought to you by Vantrition, where you can find all kinds of paintball supplements along with, uh, you know, if you play any other sports, you can find sweet supplements for your recreational activities over there at Vantrition.com. They have the paintball preload as well as the paintball recovery, the reload. And uh, I am also using a a tendon uh, supplement that they have that they're kind of testing out. So I am... uh, I'm hoping that that helps out with my with my knee. Uh, it's it's still feeling pretty good, but you know, uh, surgery is surgery, and you know the injury is, uh, you know, it's pretty significant on what I had done. But I'm feeling pretty good though, and and then this tendon, this tendon uh, formula is helping me out. So Vantrition.com, thank you. Uh, we are also sponsored by Midwest Clothing, where they have a uh, a cool headgear deal going on over there at MidwestClothingLLC.com. And uh, you can go over there and check out their headbands. Their, they have head wraps. They have uh, these cool tiger stripe pants, the OG pants going on. Uh, if you head to MidwestClothingLLC.com and you type in capital T-P-O-P, you can get a cool 20% off at discount. So thank you, Midwest Clothing, for sponsoring this podcast. We are also brought to you by Carbon Paintball. They have a sweet base layer that I'm using now. And uh, it has replaced my knee pads, and I, you know, I'm, I'm never turning back. Those things are pretty damn sweet. You know, I wasn't a big fan of the compression fit, uh, the whole look and everything like that. Not, not of carbon, but of, you know, just of compression. You know, I don't like being all bunched up and everything, but, you know, I, I, I tried out carbon, and it completely changed my, uh, my thinking on it. And, uh, you know, the knee pads stay in place, which is a huge deal for me because, I'm always crawling around around the snake, and the last thing I need is, you know, a rock or a root or something like that hitting my knee and blowing it out. But uh, if you check out carbonpaintball.com, <laughs> carbonpaintball.com, uh, you can find all of their gear. They have a cool top. They have a pack. They have jerseys. They have pants. Very, um, very cool, high-quality gear over there. And uh, if you type in capital, capital T-P-O-P, you can get a sweet 10% off at discount. So uh, make sure you check out Carbon Paintball. Uh, and lastly, we are brought to you by Planet Eclipse, the makers of the uh, the sweet markers like the LVR, the CSR, the CS1. Uh, they have these new kit bags that are out that uh, that I'm using, and uh, it, it's fitting everything I need in there, and it's, uh, it's a cool split design where... All your nice and neat stuff stays up top, and all your dirty gear bag stuff goes in the bottom. Uh, But they also have a program pant out right now, which you should definitely check out. Those things are awesome. They are a mix of like a spandex material and a a nice high quality, uh, I think it's like a Kevlar mix in their knee. So, you know, it's it's very good quality. Planet Eclipse. Uh, .com. You can find all of that stuff over there. So thank you so much to all of our sponsors for uh, for helping support uh, this podcast. Uh, but the Dallas event is right around the corner, and I was so happy, and uh, I was so happy that I was glad. I was so happy that I was glad. 
<laughs> I'm so happy I was able to get Trevor Reeser on. You know, I wanted to talk about his uh, his eye injury that he had, but um, but also just about kind of where he came from, you know, and and what happened to Vicious and the background behind that, and and really what got him into the sport and what's keeping him at the top level. So. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I know I did. So uh, without further ado, here is Trevor and I's conversation. So uh, we'll see you guys then. All right. Now we have officially started. <laughs> cool. All right, Trevor, man, I'm uh, I'm very excited to have you on. I'm glad you, you made some time to uh, to sit down and and chit chat the lighting is great looks so much better <laughs> appreciate it how you doing bud i'm doing pretty good um very busy we kind of talked a little bit before we started uh started recording but i i know you're super busy i've been super busy and i think a lot of people kind of take for granted just how non-exciting their life is sometimes like when they right. like they look at a professional paintball player they go oh you just play paintball you just there's so much involved as far as you know, traveling and then scheduling and there's all this other shit you want to try and do in between that, like family time and everything else. It's, it's, we have so much on our plate. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. Where, um, where are you headed for practice this weekend? So last weekend we were in San Antonio, uh, practicing X Factor. And, uh, this weekend coming up, we're actually playing in Arkansas. Um, Damien and Callie live in Arkansas. They've got a field pretty close to their house. Uh, Damien has little, Plum Life group that we get to play, and then uh, you know we're really going to take this weekend to do a lot of drills and a lot of like dialing in on our lines and personnel and that kind of stuff. So easy drive for me, you know, it's only a couple hours to get up there. I actually oh, nice. don't have to get on an airplane for once, you know, go to practice. So that's <laughs> nice. so nice when you get to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> how was the how was the practice last weekend against X Factor? Good, you know. So uh, almost every event last year we practiced X Factor. Uh, right before the tournament, Al's got a great facility down there. Oh, it's you know, ridiculous. Playing, playing on AstroTurf, so it's really easy on, you know, all the bodies. We've got, you know, a couple older guys on our team, so <laughs> we can minimize injuries. You we know, won't name names. Yeah, that's definitely the way to go. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's great playing those guys. They give us a really good look on the field. Uh, they're kind of a faster, in-your-face kind of style, so that's mm-hmm. nice to see at least once before we go into the tournament. And then we usually, you know, try to schedule another team either at the tournament or the weekend before that plays a little bit, you know, slower, a little bit more defensive, you know, so we get kind of those two opposite extreme looks on the field layout before we go into the tournament. So you guys are actually premeditating your your practices as far as team gameplay. You have to, um, you know, Sunday when you get deep into the tournament, the field completely changes. You know, everyone starts to play inside out. You play really slow. So we like to have both looks at it that way if on Sunday we, you know, run into a situation where the game needs to play quickly, we have that in our pocket. Mm-hmm. But we, we know that, you know, deep in the tournament it's going to really start to slow down. So we look to play teams like Dynasty or play teams like Damage that really slow the field down. And that's kind of their style throughout the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. So whenever we get to that point in the tournament, we know what to expect. Yeah, and I think um, you know X Factor. I think X Factor does a good job of doing both. I think yeah. they can. I think they do a great job of being uh, aggressive. They're they're all they're an all around great team to not only practice, but to see every kind of look from. I think I think that's why again they're they're one of the top teams. Just uh, I mean the facility's nice that they get to play on all the time. 
but they're so well-rounded and I think mm-hmm. that that's a, a very big key to their success. And uh, and yeah, and we practiced damage uh, before Vegas, and they gave us a really good look. Just with that field and how they play, it was it was fortunate for us because we're we're a little on the in the aggressive side. Sure. And but then they have kids like Cortez and and uh, and some of the other new guys that they have that are playing a little bit more aggressive. So, and that's. <sighs> I think about it now too. Is as we're getting older, I feel like we're more the ones that are starting to kind of sit back, shoot our guns a little bit more, think about the game a little bit more, you know, and yeah. and let those new kids start start rolling through. And uh, I think th- this weekend, well, I don't think I know this weekend we're actually going down to uh, um, Texas to practice AC Dallas, and I believe the Russians are going to be there. So I'm super mm-hmm. excited because we haven't really been able to go like travel to very many practices over the years and to finally be able to start playing these pro teams like AC Dallas and we practice damage and uh, it's, it's so much more of an advantage now that I feel that we have just because, you know, playing divisional teams is, is great and all just for looks, but you don't get that, that tournament feel um, when you practice another pro team. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be a great practice for you guys. I mean, the Russians and AC, like I said, that's kind of that two opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, AC last year played a really defensive game. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's just kind of been, you know, their MO since their inception. But, uh, you know, adding guys like Brad to the roster, they definitely played a little bit more aggressive, you know, at the last tournament than we've seen them play in previous years. Yeah. So I, I think that you'll get both looks there, and that's, you know, that's what everyone's looking for right before we go into the tournament. Is there any bad blood b- between you guys and Brad because he left, or was it like a uh, was it a, a career decision? No, I mean I completely understand it. I personally don't work in the industry, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, for reasons like that. Um, you just was... do work in the industry, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I mean, I would hate to be in the position that those guys were in because I know that's tough for them. Um, the whole. GI, Valken, you know, going to different companies and all that kind of stuff. I mean, no bad blood at all. I love Brad to death. It sucks to play against him because he is one of my friends, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just how how the chips fell and you know, he's he's got a great job at Empire and he's doing really well and living it up out in Florida right now, so you know, <laughs> I, I can't blame him. Um yeah. but when you know, when the majority of our team leaves Empire and, you know, goes somewhere else for work, Mm-hmm. that's just that's just kind of the the politics of the game sometimes and for that reason i don't work in the industry um you know i'm just kind of kind of me and you know i play i'm very happy with where i'm playing at right now with the infamous guys but you know previously in my career i i went from you know team to team for a little bit until i found a home with vicious and mm-hmm. uh if i was stuck in a position in the industry working for a company that kind of limits where you can go yeah Oh yeah, I can definitely see. I mean, sponsorship uh, conflictions and yeah. you know, uh, location conflictions. So there's yeah. a there's a bunch bunch of factors that go into it. Um, but let's let's kind of focus on you a little bit. Let's go back to uh, Little Trevor. And yes. uh, were you involved? I use I ask a lot of guys this because it's really it's real true. I mean, a lot of the guys or people that I talk to who are who are in, at our level right now started somewhere with athletics or skateboarding or snowboarding or whatever, how did, uh, how did you come across paintball or, you know, what kind of sports did you play when you were younger? So, uh, little league wrestling, 
I did that from the time I was like six years old all the way up through junior high. Um, I quit wrestling, I guess, my freshman year. Um, I was super into that. It was really technical. Um, I've always been kind of a lanky, skinny kid, but Mm -hmm. learning like counter moves and, you know, grip strength and just like thinking things out, um, you know, that's, that's what kind of attracted me to the, to the sport of wrestling. Um, Mm -hmm. I played base, I played baseball as well. I tried football for a year and I was not big enough for that (laughs) at all. Um, ran track for a little bit and like I said, I played baseball. That was about it. But, uh, all that like completely stopped when I found the competitive side of paintball Mm -hmm. because paintball was the first sport that I actually enjoyed and looked forward to going to practice everything else, you know, like, yeah, God, I don't want to go to wrestling practice after school today, you know, like that's just how it was. But like paintball, I was stoked to go get better. So I kind of fell into that and then ran with it. Now, did you, uh, did you find paintball while you were playing these sports and how did you, uh, how did you come across paintball? Yeah. So, uh, I've got kind of the same, let me get this light going back again. I got kind of the same story as everybody else, um, went to a birthday party. Birthday parties, man. It's always a birthday party. Um, dude, I'm not going to lie. Like first time I played, absolutely hated it. Really? Um, I was, I was young, like just barely old enough to be able to play at the field that we were going to. And, uh, I was hanging out with some kids that were a little bit older than me and, you know, I got shot up the first couple times that I played and I was like, why would anybody want to do this? Like, this is not fun. You know, we're playing in the woods and I can't see the other guys and just didn't have fun at all. Yeah. Um, I guess it was about a year or so later, uh, another birthday party, as a matter of fact, went and played, went and played at a different field, something that was a little bit more, uh, open so I could see what was going on and I could see, you know, the bad guys on the other side of the field and yeah. that was more fun. And then, uh, I myself had a couple of birthdays playing paintball and one of those times there was a like a little local rookie team that was, you know, practicing at a field mm-hmm. that I was at and it didn't even dawn on me that there might be some sort of like actual competitive side to you know this hobby that I kind of fell into. Yeah. Um kind of got to talking to those guys and did a little bit of research after that and found out that like, you know, this thing's a lot bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. Started uh, started pursuing that. What year Ended was this? Work- Man, I must have been... I was probably 12, 13 years old. Really? Um, when I was 14, I got a job at a local indoor field, downtown Oklahoma City. And uh, it was just... It was tiny, man. It had like one little like three-man air ball field <laughs> inside of it and then like some wood bunkers in the back. But... Uh, my parents dropped me off there every week, Thursday night, Friday night, and then I worked Saturday and Sunday. And was this really your first job? First job. My and, first uh, my first job was at a paintball field too. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, worked for a guy by the name of Mike Chitwood. He uh, actually played pro with Texas Storm for a little bit, and then owned this paintball field in Oklahoma. Hmm. And uh, I worked for paint. You know, got paint and got to yeah. play paintball in the off time and. Uh, I don't think that Chitwood knows this, but you know we we played in an indoor field. So at the end of the night, when we're cleaning up, I was grabbing all the balls that hit the net that didn't break, and you know stuffing them in a case, and I'd take them home and towel them off, and oh, yeah. you know had had paint to play for the weekend. So that's kind of how that went. But I guess I worked for him until uh, he shut the place down, which is about a year and a half later, and then 
you know, about that time I was driving so I could go to, you know, any local field and go play. So that was kind of my, my upbringing in the sport, but, you know, being at that indoor field and, you know, being with Chitwood, who was an excellent gunfighter and he was playing or had played, you know, top tier paintball at that point, mm-hmm. I got, I got beat up on the field by him all the time, you know, when we were slow. So that, that really helped develop, you know, early gunfighting skills and that kind of stuff. So it was, uh, something that I'm pretty thankful for because not a lot of people get to, you know, kind of start their tournament career with, you know, some sort of influence like that. So especially in the cool. Midwest, like, yeah. uh, you know, we, we had, I mean, who did we have in the Midwest? We had aftershock, but that, I mean, that was, that's four hours from me. Yeah. So that's it's nine and a half hours from me. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, we, you know, probably looked up to guys like that or even guys on the West coast or the East coast, but it, mm-hmm. being able to play against somebody like that, that was definitely a, a gift for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Now, how, how old are you? Uh, 26, 20. Oh, so you're still a baby pretty much. So, so this yeah, was probably what, what <laughs> this is probably what 2004 maybe. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So my first national tournament was uh PSP, Texas, 2006, you know, where we were wearing swim trunks on Thursday and on yeah. Friday it was 30 degrees outside. So that was my, that I was remember my welcome. That one. Yeah, that was my welcome to national level paintball. <laughs> Who were you playing with? Uh, just a little local team here from Oklahoma. A couple guys that lived, you know, 30, 40 minutes away from me. We decided, you know, hey, let's go play a, a national tournament. That's the closest one that is ever going to be to us. You know, it was uh, just on the other side of Dallas. So it was like a three and a half, four hour drive from us. So we all kind of loaded up in the car and drove down there and we played division three five man actually nice yeah now after um after this team did did you eventually find your way or how did you eventually find your way on to would, would it be vicious after this or... uh no so actually my first pro team was uh x-factor really yeah so uh i played with a couple of divisional teams that were in and around the oklahoma area um Played Division Three X Ball, Division Two X Ball. Um, there was kind of a a rebirth of Texas Storm under John Hubbard, who is a really good friend of mine. Owned a paintball store here in Oklahoma that I worked for for a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he was kind of the the new generation of Texas Storm, keeping the name alive. He gathered up some you know young local kids, and we started out playing five man, and then by the end of it, we played Division One X Ball. Um, and then at the end of that year, X Factor, you know, had put out on the internet that they were going to have an open tryout. I, uh, it was a two-day tryout, Saturday, Sunday kind of thing, and I had to take a ACT. You know, I was graduating <sighs> high school, getting ready for college. So Saturday of the tryout, I'm in Oklahoma taking an ACT. Um, you know, loaded up my car that night, and then just you know drove all night down to uh, San Antonio hoping that they'd let me try out, you know, on the last day of a two-day tryout, which yeah. isn't a good look to begin with, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you had good reason. Yeah, so uh, Al was cool with it. Um, you know, we ran a bunch of drills and then played some games, and, you know, I guess they liked what they saw, and that was my kind of welcome into the pro division, played with X-Factor for the first year. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. How far are you from uh, San Antonio? Man, uh, so that was my my kind of breakthrough into the pro division. So it's not like I was getting flown around for practice or anything. So I was driving nine and a half hours, one direction to go to practice in San Antonio. Yeah. And that was for a full year. (laughs) Yeah. For a full year. Wow. 
Yeah. Now what happened with uh now what happened with X Factor? What was there some kind of fallout or uh I wouldn't say there's a fallout. Like I'm I'm still super cool with all those guys, but uh, it was a point in time where Al had kind of stepped away from the team a little bit. You know, he had some real life stuff going on. I think uh I think he might have been going through a divorce at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh it was really just uh the team ran by the players and you know, me being extremely new to the pace of the pro division and coming into a camp that has been together for a long time there's a pretty big you know skill gap between myself and them at that time and there was a pretty big age gap between the two of us and you know that that ended up being one of the most expensive years of paintball for me ever you know i'm I'm driving 18 hours every weekend for practice and yeah you know all that good stuff so it just didn't feel like a good fit for where I was at in my career and where I wanted to go with my career. The year that I got onto X factor, um, vicious as a team actually moved into the pro division. And those were a bunch of really young kids that have been playing together for a long time. And, uh, through Ryan gray, another local guy here, that's, uh, been kind of a mentor of mine. He, uh, started some conversations between vicious and myself and then, you know, went out for a tryout in the off season, ended up making vicious, and I played like the next four years of vicious. And to be honest, man, like it was a great fit. We were all we all had the exact same amount of experience in the pro division. We were all super close in age. So that kind of helped with the you know, kind of the ebbs and flows and, you know, ups and downs of the learning curve of the pro division. So I think mm-hmm. it was a great fit and it was perfect for, you know, that point in time in my career and I made some absolutely lifelong friendships out of it with those guys you know i still talk to them a couple times a week to this day yeah yeah i think that was cool um with with all of you guys being around the same age and everything because you you grew and you moved as a as a as a team and as individual players and i think that's what i really thought was cool about vicious is that it it seemed so tight-knit you know yeah you all seemed like brothers and uh, you know, as the seasons went by, you know, everybody has their ups and downs, but, but you guys just, you seem to stay positive and, and Carl's so cool. And, you know, the Bortles and, uh, you know, I, I don't really, I can't think of anybody really that was on vicious or anything that I, that I thought had a bad attitude or anything. I mean, they were, I don't really know everybody on the team, but for the most part, at least from what I saw from a third person perspective, it was a pretty chill camp. Yeah, so uh, I mean, we were all a bunch of young nerds that Rowdy were kids. Really, really quirky and you know, <laughs> kind of goofy. So it was a good fit for everybody. And yeah, you know, Carl and Karen—they're like a second mom and dad to me. You know, they are incredible people. They give you the shirt off their back if you needed it. So I mean, love those guys to death. Like I said, I still talk to them multiple times a week at this point. Um, Carl's recently gotten into classic cars, and that's kind of my daytime gigs so we're sending pictures and stuff back and forth all the time so that's kind of neat but uh yeah so that was a that was a good time you know not only did we get to play a lot of paintball together and get better together but we really kind of figured out this whole paintball thing as a group and that's not something that you really see in the pro division anymore you know usually it's kind of a hodgepodge mix of pros that have been around for a while you don't really see like a really core group of young guys like that kind of make it for as long as that team did yeah yeah i mean and you guys definitely put it put your name out there because i've i got my ass beat by you guys a couple times and so i mean it's not like it was a team that was just you know funded by some guy who has a bunch of money and 
you guys sucked and it was it was just another team you know what i mean like you guys sure. competed and yeah. i had you know i had a lot of respect for you guys and what uh what position did you play when you were on vicious was it was it more up front yeah kind of so when i first came in um i didn't really have like a role when i first came in um i played kind of all over the place and then uh when todd kind of took over the cult the coaching role for the team um i was kind of a stand in the open you know played the floater spot shoot somebody off the break and then make decisions after that and that's kind of become, you know, what I've developed my game around. So early on with Vicious, yeah, it was, you know, run to a spot, be kind of the front guy. <clears throat> but then as we kind of grew a little bit and we got some coaching behind us with, you know, Todd making decisions for the team and stuff, he really kind of let me freestyle a little bit. And that's what it developed into. You know, I was kind of somewhere between a, a two and a three, if, if you want to look at it like that. So right. now is did you see yourself or you, did you develop yourself into that because that's what you wanted to play? Or, I mean, did you, because I, I, to me, everybody seems to start out wanting to play front, wanting to be aggressive. Want, you know, nobody wants to, at least that I know of, or they just haven't said anything, starts out yeah. wanting to be back and, you know, not do too much, just shoot their gun, shoot their gun, shoot the gun. Uh, did, was there, did you kind of just fill that position or... I mean, did you start off playing snake like when you were when you were way young? When I was super young, um, yeah. I mean, I was the small, lanky kid that threw his body into you know all the small spots. Yeah. But uh, you know, as kind of vicious developed, and we picked up some guys like Shane Colby, who was extremely fast. I mean, that guy could run to the snake and back before I could get halfway there. I mean, kid <laughs> was unreal fast. Yeah. So, you know, I just uh, took a look at the team and decided like there's no reason for me to try to be a one when we've got plenty of them on the team. So we kind of looked overall at the big picture of the team to see, you know, what kind of holes we needed to fill. Mm -hmm. And, you know, myself and Zach Sherman, we kind of played that same, you know, floater kind of spot. And both of us were really good at being on our feet, having our eyes up, seeing what was going on and making really quick decisions. And that just kind of yeah. where I fell into it. Yeah. See, and I think that's what uh, players need to do nowadays. It's like, yeah, you have. I enjoyed playing front when I was when I was younger, and I still enjoy it now. Uh, but I feel like you have to be so versatile now as a player. I mean, yeah. because e even yourself. I mean, if if you're on the snake side or even on the Dorito side, and you lose that one, and you're in a situation where you need to go play the snake, you need to know how to go play the snake. And yep. you know, that's what I try and tell kids now is that if your favorite side is the Dorito side, you need to know how to play the snake side and, and, yeah. and you know, vice versa. Just because, yep. you know, you could get on a team eventually and they already have an awesome snake player, but you love playing snake. So you better, you better learn the rest of the field or you're not going to have a very good spot on the team. And yeah, definitely. And I think that was the, that's the biggest thing like back then is for some reason when I, when I was on teams, I only had one job, right? And it was just go do this, go be a missile, go get down the field as, as fast as you can, and mostly down the snake side. But I think I eventually turned into this kind of play anywhere, and it's mm -hmm. it's really become super fun for me because now I'm not, you know, I'm not just walking one side of the field. I'm walking this entire thing, having to know this entire field, and now with the wall and being able to play up the center and 
it's it's very it's exciting for me to do things like that to to not really know where I'm going to go even though I might line up on this side I could end up on the other side of the field and that's kind of what uh what paintball gives me that excitement is to be able to play anywhere on the field and but like yourself like infamous like uh a lot of the guys that are veterans now look at them and watch them and that's what they do they will play anywhere and mm-hmm. they play that spot super well well, um, you know, the game, the game's kind of developed into that, you know, with the personnel that we have in the pro division. I mean, you have to be an athlete. You have to be in shape, yeah. and you have to be able to play any spot. And, you know, the guys that are, I guess, intelligent enough to be able to play all over the place and be diverse, I mean, those are, those are the guys that are a little sneaky, a little crafty, a little creative, mm-hmm. um, especially with no coaching now and a giant wall bunker in the middle of the field that creates a lot of opportunity <laughs> to kind of, you know, outthink the other guy. Yeah. And that's the kind of spot that I like to be in. I like to, you know, be a little crafty and it's always fun to fake somebody out and be in a spot that they didn't think you were in and, yeah. you know, shoot, shoot someone in the side when they take off, you know? So I don't know. That's, that's kind of my style and that's what I like to do. Like old seven man stuff. Yeah, definitely. Around, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you come off as a guy who likes to do one on ones and is very good at one on ones. Uh, I do like one on ones. I spent the majority of you know the first half of my paintball career as a whole doing one on ones. You know, because it was just me and another guy at the field if we were slow. So, mm-hmm. um, I do like one on ones. Um, to be honest, man, like. I, I take a lot of influence from outside of paintball and I like to look at this as, you know, a a legitimate sport. And I look at greats in, you know, their respective industries or sports. And I try to apply that to what I'm doing, you know, here, Mm. um, you know, even outside of, outside of baseball and basketball and football and that kind of stuff. Um, look at guys like, you know, Travis Haley. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but he's like, Mm. uh, he's an ex military, like weapons manipulation kind of guy, uh, worked for Magpul for a little bit and put together a bunch of like AR 15 training courses. Um, not to say that like the gun part of that translates well into paintball, but what he was known for is looking at biomechanics and looking for efficiencies in every movement that he makes to make himself even just one or 2% faster every time he moves a part of his body somewhere because he's cutting out wasted effort. Right. And, you know, I, I do the same thing with paintball and any clinics or any time that I help teams out, I harp on that a lot because, you know, especially shooting off the break, the less distance that your gun has to travel up and the less amount of time that it takes your gun to get up, that's, you know, an extra lane that you get to shoot off the break or an extra two or three balls that you get to put in a zone. So I like to look at people that are excelling in their areas of you know, whatever it may be and try to apply that to what I'm doing now. Right. And I, I completely agree because I think everyone has their their method of madness and mm. you can look at it and every one of them, I feel like, can be broken down into, uh, you know, I do this because of this and I do this because of this and I do this because of this. And paintball players do the exact same thing. It's like how many times have we gone to a practice and done something, you know, it's like the whole 10,000 hours thing. You know, it's being able right. to do something efficiently every single time. And then on that on that Sunday at 415 or whenever the the final start, you can do that same exact thing being dead shit tired. 
and and be super efficient at it. And it's like you were saying too, having your mind be clear and and sharp enough to be able to make moves like like you do, where you're you're pulling shit off that you know is against your against odds. And yeah. you know the the mental side. I, I try and stress this so much with with players coming up. The mental side of paintball is so so important. And you know you you can look at some of the guys who play our sport at the top level and some of the top ones are not the most athletic. Right. They're they're the, they're the smartest ones. I mean, they might have some athleticism to them, but they're the mm-hmm. ones that can figure out a problem and and fix and solve that problem faster than the guy across from them. Right. I think that's what's cool about paintball too. It's a, it's just a big puzzle trying to put puzzle pieces together and like you said too, outwit your opponent. Right. It's so fun. I love playing paintball, man. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of really cool like documentaries and videos out there that you can watch about like high stress decision making. Um, that's something I've like really been looking into here recently to understand you know why your body and your mind does certain things in a stressful situation. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that's really what we're doing. We're playing a high speed, high stress game of chess out there. And when you can understand you know how to kind of slow that down mentally and make really good decisions based on the information that you have, that's when you really start to excel at this game. Um, I'm actually working with a little local team here in Oklahoma, and that's what we've been talking about recently. Like, you know, I came to these guys, and how they understood paintball at this point is, let's call it checkers. Mm -hmm. We're trying to transition their mindset into, let's play chess at this point. So it's been cool to see those guys kind of pick that kind of stuff up, and um, with some of the clinics and, you know, other teams that I'm working with throughout the year, that's kind of a little oh like packet of knowledge that I'm trying to put together that I can get out there for people to you know to look at like our sport is so young and it's it's not baseball or football that's been around for decades mm-hmm. there's no absolute you know definitive way to play this game at this point so I like to look at a lot of information and kind of push it out there to guys and let them kind of make their own decisions on what they think fits appropriately for whatever kind of style of paintball that they're playing Right, right, and I think that's the least we can do as 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 professionals, and as as much as experience as we have, is to be able to do those clinics and teach these up and coming generations those those simple things that I feel like some are just missing. You know, some of the new mm-hmm. players are missing, and I think it's great that you're doing stuff like that. And I really hope that those guys that are learning from you are really absorbing everything that they can, because not everybody has a pro just at a paintball field that they can go and learn from and do drills with. It's, it's very rare, at least here and where, yeah. and where you live. I mean, the, the coast might be a different story, but man, uh, I say that all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. If I would have lived in California when I was 12 years old, like there's no <laughs> telling how much better at paintball I could have been by now. You know, like that yeah. is the, that's the Mecca for paintball. Mm-hmm. And when you're surrounded by great players like that all the time, I mean, just apply yourself, and there's no way that you can't be good being yeah. surrounded by guys like that. But, but we can't, you know. I think about it, and we can't take for granted how we came up too, because you wouldn't be who you are, I wouldn't be who I was, if it wasn't us taking that extra step, because we didn't have, you know, uh, the dynasties and the aftershocks right. and everybody around us. We had to kind of put forth that extra effort. And put ourselves in those situations to be able to get noticed or the tryouts driving nine and a half hours one way right. yeah, to, yeah. to a tryout. <laughs> um, let's uh, 
let's go back to the end of Vicious. And okay. I don't I don't really know the full story. I mean, you don't have to get into super detail. But mm-hmm. what kind of was the the last uh, the last two raw for Vicious? Like, what was that like? And what was what was the reason? Uh, so, I mean, really, it's just a bunch of real life with everybody. Um, a lot of those guys work for uh, data support systems. That's the company that Karen and Carl own. And, uh, you know, Brian had just gotten married. Uh, a lot of those guys were starting to, you know, buy houses and get engaged and married themselves. So I think mm-hmm. just real life kind of caught up with them and they were ready to move on to a different chapter of their life. Um, I was still, you know, full blown committed to paintball. So it wasn't a surprise to any of us on the team. Um, it's something that we kind of talked about at the beginning of the year and we all knew that it was going to happen at the end of the year. So, uh, you know, we had a, a year to, you know, give it everything that we had. And it's one of the best years as a team that we ever had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, those of us that decided to keep playing, it kind of gave us a little bit of the time to kind of feel out where we were going to go after that. So it, it wasn't like the money dried up or, you know, <laughs> people got into a fight or anything like that. Like it was just the majority of the core group of guys were, were done and they were ready to move on and, you know, do something else with their lives. So just a real life hit pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, complete respect for all those guys i mean they were all fantastic paintball players and you know i I think about it from time to time like what is going to happen when you know you and i are done playing this game like that's going to be a really tough day to have to step away from the sport you know like it's something we've invested you know years and years and years into um so like i said nothing but respect for those guys i understand that they were ready to kind of move on with their life a little bit. Um, I continued to stay and, you know, be a paintball player, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good though. It, it's, it's good though. You know, you, you know, certain people have certain obligations and, um, you know, at the time you didn't. So you yeah. wanted to further your, further your career. And, you know, I'm in a situation right now where it's like, you know, my son is now about 14 months old. He's mm-hmm. grown up. He's starting to walk. He's starting to talk. He's starting to, get into everything and drive my wife nuts because now he's mobile and he's starting to talk and, and, you know, I'm getting to that point where it's like, man, do, do I want to keep going on all these trips? And, you know, even though we're not successful a lot with, with Aftershock, I mean, we we have a newer team that we're starting to build on. Things are starting to, starting to, the wheels are starting to turn. Uh, unfortunately I'm getting older, but for some reason something had clicked in my head why at 31 i have no idea but now it's like man you gotta start you gotta start eating right you gotta start working out i've been working out for the past couple weeks at 5 15 in the morning for about an hour or so and and so and i think it's my son that has kind of motivated me like man i you know he can look at all the pictures and listen to all the stories and maybe you know listen to stuff like this one day but i really would love for him to like go to an event go to an event and be like point his finger and, and, you know, say daddy and I'm on the field and I wave to him, you know, I'm going to be well into my late thirties by then, but I feel like if I can take care of my body and then, and that's paintball too, though, you can play paintball until, you know, until you can't, that's, what's great. You uh, well, dude, look at, uh, look at Thomas Taylor. I mean, he's yeah. got three gorgeous kids that are at almost every event mm-hmm. and, you know, little Keith is right there on the net, you know, dad, 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 every time yeah. we're shaking hands. It's awesome. Super cool to see that. So if you need like the playbook on how to do it, call Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to, cause I, that's, I think that's my, that's my big motivation is just, I, I'd love for him to get old enough to, to watch and, and enjoy yeah. it. 
and know what the hell's going on on top of that. Right. Yeah. Um. So, Vicious kind of folds over. Uh. Mm-hmm. You know, Carl doesn't want to continue the team, and. No, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it was Carl that didn't want to continue the team. It was a collective decision, you know. So around the board. I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't want people to think that it was, you know upper management or owners that decided to end it like it was a okay. a decision that we all had talked about and everybody knew what was going on okay the entire team agrees that it's no longer <laughs> gonna yeah. happen let me rephrase that yeah yeah, um, yeah. so that um so yes uh world cup um we lose to impact that knocked us out of the tournament we were playing great that event and uh yes yeah, so, i mean it was uh it was a little emotional after that i mean Mm-hmm. Those are some of my best friends in the world. And, you know, it was at that moment that it was real. Like, hey, guys, this is this is over. Yeah. Um, so we had a we had our little moment as a group and then, um, you know, finished up all the obligatories at the event. You know, you got to do autograph signings that are scheduled out and you got to, you know, meet with sponsors and do end of the year kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we went back to the hotel and had a big dinner. And uh, like I said, it was a little emotional. But then, uh, you know, we get on airplanes and we go home and that was paintball as we knew it for Vicious. Crazy. Um, we hadn't officially announced at that point that the team was done. Um, I mean, there was rumors floating around and people were kind of catching on a little bit, but we hadn't done like a full-blown press release. Um, so I, I got hit up by a couple teams um, before I made it to the airport to go home uh, about wanting to have some conversations moving forward for the next year. Really? That was one of the best years I had ever had individually. Um, there were several events that I was, uh, you know, one of the top three kill leaders for the event. Um, I played a a ton of points because Todd kind of structured it for me to be the guy to, you know, stand in the open and make decisions. So I got to do that a lot and I got a lot of playing time and I was in front of a lot of people's faces. And, you know, when the rumor started happening that vicious was going to cease to exist, um, I think, you know, well, I know some of the teams saw that as an opportunity to pick up, you know, the one or two of us that were still going to play. So I uh, had a couple offers. And uh, after some conversations, I actually had a deal with uh, Joey Blute. I was going to end up playing for Damage that next year. Hmm. Uh, kind of weird how that whole thing went down. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, so we talked about the deal and everything and what to expect and, um, he told me, you know, we'll be in touch. We have some plane tickets and you'll come out in January. We'll practice as a team and then we'll get you your first round of gear and everything. So you have, you know, our sponsored gear to play in mm-hmm. and we're getting closer and closer to January and I hit Joey up and I was like, Hey man, uh, I just need to know like what weekends to expect to be out there because, you know, I do have a real job throughout the day Yeah, and you know, i I work for myself, but I need to know like, you know, when I'm going to be in town and when I'm not going to be in town. And, uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll get back to you the next couple of days and let you know. And then I get a phone call, you know, probably a week and a half later. And I picked it up expecting to hear like, yeah, we're coming out next weekend. And it was like, Hey man, money's gone. Don't know that damage is going to be a team. Sorry. It's so late. See ya. And then hung the <laughs> phone up and literally 20 minutes later, it's all over, you know, Facebook and PB nation. Like, damage as a team is done and uh so i was back to looking for a team um i i hit up the other teams that had contacted me in the off season at that point you know we're only 
a month, month and a half out from the first tournament. Mm-hmm. So like moves have been made and pickups have been made and rosters are getting full. And yeah, not only am I looking for a spot for myself, but now every guy on damage that was still playing is also looking for a team. So it, it was a buyer's market at that yeah. point for pro teams out there, you know? And, uh, man, I was sweating it. Like I, I didn't think that I was going to play paintball that year because I didn't know that I was going to land on a team where that was going to happen. Was this for 2014? This was, uh, or 15. Uh, I think it was 14, 14 going into 15, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like super stressful. Like that was one of the, <laughs> one of the best deals that, you know, for me personally, I was ever going to have in paintball and I was mm-hmm. on top of the world. And I was like, you know, man, I'm going to finally make a little bit of money at this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then someone dropped a grenade on my plans and it was super stressful for the next couple of days. But, uh, so ended up getting a phone call from Travis and, uh, you know, he kind of explained their system and their vision and, you know, what the, the plan was moving forward with the team. And it, it seemed like a good fit. You know, I, I knew those guys and I knew of them, um, but I've never really like hung out with them or played with them. So it was, it was brand new and completely different than anything that I was used to. Mm-hmm. But I went ahead and uh, moved on into that camp. And then a couple of days later, they picked up uh, Alex Goldman. And then uh, you know, that was the year that we won Texas in true semi, another mud fest in Texas. Oh but uh, yeah, so that whole off season was like a huge shakeup and a bunch of highs, a bunch of lows. But I think it all worked out for the best. And, and uh, that was the PSP uh, one, right? The PSP yeah. Dallas. And then it was like, okay, well, now what after that? And then it was the NXL. Yeah, we won the last PSP Pro Tournament. Kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Now, now that you're on Infamous, is it mm-hmm. uh, is it a a lot different program or or similar program to what uh, Vicious was as far as uh, I mean, obviously as far as goals go. I mean, everybody wants to win, or I guess how uh, maybe practices were structured, or what you guys do as far as uh, how often you practice. Sure. So. Uh with vicious because we were such a young team and we had you know a big curve of skill to catch up on mm-hmm. we played all the time um i i think i flew to omaha probably 40 of the 52 weeks you know of the year i was out there constantly yeah uh but with infamous we only get together as a team um the two weekends before the tournament when the field layout is out yeah, because uh, we're all kind of spread out all over the country and then some of us play in Europe so that kind of cuts down on time that we can be together but we all have the understanding that you know off weekends are time for self-development you know if you need to work on snap shooting or running and shooting or whatever individual skills you need to work on you do that on your own time and then the two weeks before the tournament we get together as a group we learn the layout we figure out personnel and lines and plays and that kind of stuff and then uh, we go into the tournament that way so I think it works for us as a team. Um, we're kind of a emotional roller coaster. Uh, we we really feed off of momentum, and uh, I mean that's just how infamous is going to be until that team ceases to exist. Um, but I think it works for you know the group of guys that we have. Yeah, it seems like the guys that are on the team it, it pretty much fits the peg in you know in the in yeah. the whole you know everybody's attitude on that team seems to like you said you feed off of each other and you feed mm-hmm. off of that momentum and there there's so many role players that do their role really well on mm-hmm. your on your on your team and uh 
you know, I can't really, I, I played for Travis, uh, back in like 2009. I can't say too many, you know, as, as much as I didn't want to, I had to leave the team at the end, but it was nothing to do with Travis or the team, right? It was completely myself and my decision, but that the program that he runs, he's just straight up wants to win. And I mean, if you don't get it yeah. done, the next guy will. And he is, he's a great coach. I mean, he, he's, he's business for sure. Yeah, the cool thing about the team is, you know, we're all there with the same goal and we're all, I mean, we're an, an older team if you look at the ages of the guys that are on the team. Yeah. Um, Who is the youngest what, on the team? I think it's Shredder. Mm. Uh, I think he's a year, two, maybe three younger than I am. But, uh, you know, we're all a little bit older. I don't know if that necessarily translates into being more mature or not, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we... Uh, you know, we all look at the game kind of the same and we all bring good information into the team and make decisions from there. It's not, you know, it's not four guys that are trying to claim that they shot seven people at that point so yeah, they can, yeah. you know, get they, so they can get more playing time. Like it's good, constructive information so we can make good decisions and move from there. Uh, Travis has been a killer coach, you know, since I moved over to the program. I, like I said, I didn't have a whole lot of experience with the team before this um mm -hmm. i never really paid much attention to it because that's never really been my style you know i'm invested in the group of guys that i'm with right so i don't really look elsewhere but um yeah so i, I bought into the system here pretty quickly and you know he's the kind of guy that if you come off the field and you give him good information he's going to make proper adjustments and then you know we move from there uh but back to you know you talking about waking up at 5 15 in the morning and going and working out and everything like you want the best motivation in the world to go do that blow a 5-0 lead on Sunday at a tournament. Like that's all the motivation you need to pull out of your pocket to wake up at five in the morning and go run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean that, it, that definitely helps us too, because we've, I've like, well, along with my son, what's motivating me now too, is like with the new roster that we have, we played, you know, in Vegas, we played outlaws kind of dropped the ball against them. And then right away we played you guys and that was a that was a fucking tough game, man. Yeah. Like it was right down the we, end. Uh, we went to overtime, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you guys, you guys took it in overtime. But I think that was the game where it was like, fuck, man. Like we can we can compete. I mean, because infamous, you guys, fuck, you guys were what third uh, going into <laughs> Vegas or or fourth as far as ranking uh, go. We were second actually. Second. Uh, My bad. Yeah, we we ended up second <laughs> overall last year. So I guess that that translates into second going into the first event. I guess that's how the numbers work. But yeah, I mean, you guys played phenomenal, much better than I expected that team to play with such a new roster. Um, to be honest, there's a little bit of a shell shock for us because I personally, and I don't think that the team ever goes into a, goes into a match thinking like this is a for sure. Um, but, and I, I, never ever think that because you're you're playing five guys that are in the division for a reason yeah but honestly like as we were playing you know snap shooting with those guys and gun fighting and making moves and seeing you guys making moves like that was it's not what i expected and it was for the better you know for you guys and i was definitely impressed with what you guys had put together with such a young roster in that amount of time you know hats off to you guys you definitely did a good job with it yeah yeah thank you and and i look at uh like what we had in vegas like the uh who we had to play and i was mm. so stoked at uh at our lineup with outlaws you guys impact 
and then Uprising, just because I know for a fact, like Outlaws, teams on the lower end, even even us being, you know, you know, putting us down there, unpredictable, right? You can be you can be hot for a couple games and then and then uh, and then drop off, but like seeing you guys and being able to play you guys, I know you're going to give us a great game. I know mm-hmm. for a fact. I know Impact's going to give us a great game, and that is what I that is what we need as aftershock and as as those those players uh being young as they are they need to be kicked in the face uh right. which is what you guys do and the same thing with impact and it's just like what you're teaching at these clinics is like and how you and I grew up is that you need to get beat down and and brought back up and build that confidence and and our game uh you're and I's game we we built that confidence in these guys and I think it benefited us, but I think it also benefited you guys because it kind of puts you on your heels, and then now you're that much more pissed off for the next game. You're that much yeah. more focused for the next game. So there's there's benefits, on at least how I look at it. There's benefits on both sides. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if I was on the other end of it and I was on Aftershock, um, I mean, that, that would have been a confidence booster for me. You know, we didn't necessarily win the match, um, but... We went to overtime with what is currently the number two ranked team in the world. I mean, that that should make you feel good and make you feel confident about where you're at as a player and where you're at as a team and understand that fix one or two mistakes or, you know, take out an error here or there and mm-hmm. you're beating the number two team in the world. Like everybody in that division is there for a reason and anybody exactly. can be beat on any given day. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's the hardest thing for new guys coming into that division to kind of understand. I mean, hell, I was there as a young player. You know, one of the first games that I ever played um, in the pro division was against Excessive. You know, it was Riley Sullivan and Thomas Taylor. I mean, shit, these are guys that I watched, you know, on the Internet playing professional paintball before I ever even thought about getting there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, mean, I can understand like kind of the, the shell shockness of it walking into that. But once you kind of get past that and you understand that, you know, I'm, I'm here for a reason and I'm good enough to be here. Any of these guys can be beat. You just got to will it to happen when you go out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a mutual respect. Um, Mm -hmm. what I've, I don't know, I've grown to learn now that, um, you know, when I first started playing in the professional division, I had butterflies coming out of my ass. I was so nervous. Like, but right when that horn blew and we started the match, I was fine, but every yep. single game I would get out there up until probably, I don't know, I'd say up until probably Vegas of this year, <laughs> it's, it's still, it still happens, but now it's less nervous and more yeah. excitement and just yeah. an angst, you know, and, and, um, I think we're, you know, the newer guys, not only on my team, but across the board that are coming up, you need to turn that nervous into, into excitement and, and yeah. be able to harness that stuff because, I'll tell you what, man, you're going to go out there and you are going to get shot to shit. You're going to win a couple points. You're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to get mad at your teammates. You're going to go through all the emotions that you can in one game, every single game. Yep. And you have yeah, to be mentally ready for it. It's funny. I, uh, the first, I guess it took me about three seasons to really get comfortable in the pro division. Um, whether that's, short or long you know for like the average guy coming into the pro division i don't know but uh i didn't really feel comfortable in the division until about three years in 
but I equate the first pro match that I was ever in to the same nervousness and the same feeling that I had the first couple of times that I ever played paintball, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's really hard to explain kind of the emotions that you go through, um, when you're playing against, you know, guys that you, you really idolized for the longest time before mm-hmm. you got there, you know, and now you're, you are one of them and it, it takes a while to understand that you're supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's when I was on uh, when I was on excessive and I was like seventeen, eighteen years old, playing with Matty Marshall, Nikki Cuba, Rich Telford, mm-hmm. Michael McLaughlin, all these guys, and then we would practice teams like Dynasty and Avalanche and all these. It's, it was there was so much shell shock and so much so I was so starstruck at first, but you learn very quickly that they don't give a shit, and right. <laughs> and that you're just another punk kid coming up in the ranks. And you have to prove to them that you deserve to be there. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, it, it's so it's so cool, though, because in our sport, in paintball, you get to do things like that, you know, on and off the field. Like when I remember walking through a trade show on one of my very first events and, and seeing all these guys and being, you know, bumping elbows with some of these guys. But then it's something so different when you actually get to play with and against them. Uh, yeah. And I think at the pro level, especially jumping from like a semi-pro to a pro, the game looks easy from the stands, right? It looks super yeah. easy. You know, oh, that guy's shooting that way. I know what he's doing. I did that last practice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I see the semi guy, semi-pro guys doing this. They're shooting this way. They're shooting this way. But there's, there's so much more sharpness to everything yeah. that you don't see until you step on the field that you have to have a respect for the game and a respect for the other players. Otherwise, you are not going to go far at all, and you're just going to get swept up. Yep, that's uh, something that Todd Martinez and I talked about a lot whenever he came over to the Vicious Camp. Um, you know, I, I told him, like, hey, man, I want you to be hard on me. You know, like, I want to be the best that I can be, and I want to take this, you know, further than what the Vicious as a team is going to do because I know that the end is in sight. And, uh, I mean, I've, I've still got some of the notes in my phone that him and I talked about, and the big thing that we really – kind of harped on back and forth with each other is be a student of the game. You know, you need to look at all the greats that are playing and see why they're doing what they're doing, Mm -hmm. dissect it, and then kind of absorb that and create your own style off of what you see these other guys doing because they're great for a reason. If you can, you know, kind of pick apart their game and understand their decision-making skills and their, you know, physical skills and their gunfighting skills and that kind of stuff, if you can kind of make your own little cocktail of the best of everybody yeah yeah that's a that's a good way to get good fast Mm -hmm. a lot of watching yeah definitely a lot of watching and it's not watching paintball videos it's going to all these practices that you can with all the pro teams playing and you're watching your position or fuck watching everybody yeah you know or watching your favorite player but it's it's studying on why they did this move or why did that why they did that and then yep. shit, if you can go out on the field and see where he was pointing his barrel at that certain point or why he did that, ask him. I mean, huge. Yep. Um, now going to kind of what you said, where you where where Todd had told you to kind of watch certain players and and kind of a lab, you know, take on all those skills or not all of their skills, but some of their skills and kind of build your own. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you like playing against as? far as a team goes or individual players go who do i like playing against yeah who challenges you the most i guess um yeah that's a good question um 
I mean, everybody in the division's insanely good, but uh, like guys like Fedorov, you know, we get to play him here in the States and we get to play him in Europe as well. Um, we had a, a really good match against, you know, Fedorov and Breakout Spa in Europe. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- that guy is just insane at paintball. So it, it's good and fun to play against him for that reason. Uh, guys like Archie, you know, he's an incredible paintball player. Uh, Alex Goldman, incredible paintball player. Yeah. All the dynasty guys are nuts. I mean, it's hard to say if, if there's one person that like, or one team that I really enjoy playing against because they're all a challenge and they're all a challenge for different reasons. You know, some of the guys you gotta, you gotta outthink more than other teams. Some of the guys you gotta play faster than some of the guys you gotta be more, you know, crisp and controlled then. So I think mm-hmm. with each team, there comes a different challenge. And when you understand how to play a team and, you know, how to, kind of pick apart their style that's when you've really kind of moved towards mastering your craft if you want to if you want to go there right that's a good way to put it i mean because i i would say the exact same thing i'd I'd say you know everybody just because you know you get a different look from everyone yeah yeah everybody's just so damn good man in this league and it's you, you like you cannot sleep on anyone any team any player because you know, we were kind of talking about a little bit, like jumping up from semi-pro uh, to the pro leagues. The snap shoots are quicker. Um, mm-hmm. The decision making is so much faster, and it, and I love it. I love the challenge of of playing at this level. It's so much yeah. fun. Um, where or not where, but uh, what do you do um, for uh, for money outside of outside of paintball? What's your nine to five or whatever hours that you work? Yeah, so it's more like from when I wake up to when I go to sleep. Um, <laughs> so my family owns, um, we've got a couple family businesses that I help run. Um, my dad has been in the collector car and classic car market my entire life. Um, so the shows that you see on TV, like Barrett Jackson, those kind of auctions, yeah. um, my entire life, he's been buying and selling cars at those kind of auctions. Oh, cool. Um, so I help with day to day with some of his businesses. Um, and then I've got kind of my own gig going on too. Um, I do a lot of the collector car and classic cars and truck stuff. Um, but kind of a different niche than he's into. Um, you know, his kind of market is really high end over restored kind of show off pieces, if you will. I mean, those cars don't ever get driven. You you push them into a garage, you shine lights on them and you show them off to your buddies. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I've never really understood that. I mean, I can appreciate those cars for what they are, but I'm more into, you know, I take like 60s trucks um, and 60s model cars and I put modern drivetrains in them. And so you have like all the creature comforts of a, of a modern car with kind of an old school look to it. So I love those. That's what trucks, I do. Dude. Yeah. So, so I do a lot of that. And then uh, I buy a bunch of classic cars and uh, I part them out on various websites and, you know, I've got a, a pretty good network of people that buy parts from me because a lot of that stuff isn't reproduced. Yeah. So anything and everything to do with the, the classic car market we're in. Um, we also own uh, a towing and recovery service. So we've got 15 tow trucks that cover the entire state, and that's kind of a nice. its own little animal. It's really <laughs> kind of a adult daycare. You know, you got to take care of not only yep. your customers but your employees and everything. So <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's just uh, it's a lot of – putting out fires you know that's kind of what i tell everybody i'm a firefighter i 
answer one phone call and fix a problem and move on to the next one. Multiple hats for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now the the uh, the classic car thing. Uh, do you how do you find like all the cars that you part out? Do you do like a do you send out like a flyer or something, or do you just have people researching uh, for you? Well, I mean, my old man's been in it long enough that he's got a pretty good network. Um, yeah, and having the towing company that we have definitely helps. You know, not only do I have all of my employees all over the state and they're constantly seeing, you know, a flash of a bumper in a field or something under a tarp and, you know, American pickers kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I pay them a little finder's fee if they ever find a car that I end up buying. But uh, another way that we buy a bunch of those cars is because I've got so many trucks and I can move a high volume of cars at a time. Mm -hmm. I have uh, like estate companies come to us, you know, say your grandpa had 65 cars on his property he passes away and you, they need to liquidate all of those cars so they can sell the property and divide up the estate between all the the heirs. Right. So four or five times a year, I've got situations like that that pop up with some estate, you know, companies that we deal with and I'll buy, you know, 30 to 75 cars at a time off of someone's property and whatever I'm going to end up doing with them, I do, you know, some of them I part out, some of them I just flip as projects to other people, some of them I restore to sell and some of them I restore to keep in my own collection. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, what uh, what kind of inspired you to start doing this whole uh, vlog thing? Man, so uh, there's a couple things that went into it. Um, my injury last year kind of was the catalyst for oh, me to right. finally. Yeah, it was kind of the catalyst for me to finally do it. Um, you know, everyone always talked about. You know, when paintball makes TV, everyone's finally going to get a paycheck. And, you know, even in like the excessive days, like it was, I mean, you guys were really close to making that happen as far as the sport is concerned. I mean, we had, what was it, Fox Sport Network and ESPN and, you know, we had some outside sponsors and and it was close at that point. Um, But I decided that, you know, the whole vlog thing not only did I want to do it to kind of share to the world what we do and kind of the behind the scenes of what we do, but I also wanted to document it for myself. So when I'm, you know, 70 years old and my knees don't work anymore and, you know, we've beat our bodies to death, I got something that I can go back and look at and, you know, show buddies and family and that kind of stuff. Um, But I really kind of, with anything that I do, I obsess over it. Um, I've always been that way. So when I saw that vlogs were really taken off on YouTube, I kind of watched that space on YouTube for about a year, um, followed the kind of big names of guys that were doing it. Uh, Casey Neistat, for example, I mean, he just blew up on YouTube doing the whole daily vlog thing. And it, it creates kind of a weird dynamic, you know, like I've never met Casey before in my life. Most of the people, you know, the 7 million followers that he has, most of them have never met him. Right. But because you see snippets of his day every day, you almost feel like you know the guy and it makes him, you know, more approachable if you ever were to run into him. Yep. So that was kind of my attitude going into the whole vlog thing with paintball is, you know, when I got involved in paintball and I went to my first tournament where there were pros at, like I was kind of seriously let down with kind of what I saw out of some of the guys that I had this image in my head of who they were mm-hmm. and they they weren't really that when I saw him in person. Really? So, um, and, and not to say that like, 
you know, they were terrible people or anything, but like, you know, I kind of had this mental picture of who I thought some of these guys were and they weren't. Um, so I did it to not only document, um, but I wanted to be, you know, kind of more relatable and more approachable to younger kids. And, uh, I wanted to be kind of a channel that, you know, moms were okay with their 14, 15 year old kid watching on YouTube. And it wasn't a bunch of swearing and a bunch of, you know, partying and all that kind of stuff. Like I wanted to be a good influence for these kids coming up. Yeah. And I've got kind of this little, um, project that I'm working on right now. Um, and I've, I've got a video coming out soon about it. The whole like white glove thing that I wear mm-hmm. kind of on my little signature. And there's a kind of a, a little movement behind it that I'm kind of structuring right now. Um, I want to get guys involved in my ecosystem that want to be ambassadors of the sport. Right. And I, I thought that, you know, this whole social media, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, getting an audience that really buys into what you're doing is one of the best ways that we can, you know, help grow paintball. So, you know, for example, um, I'm, I'm going to start selling, uh, single white gloves with my logo on it. And nice. when you buy these things, you know, you're kind of buying into the system that, you're an ambassador of the sport. And when you put that glove on, like you better act like it. Yeah. And if you're at your local field and there's a birthday party of 10 year old kids, I expect you to go over and make sure they're having a good time. And I want you to hand them your $3,000 setup, you know, to the birthday kid and let them go have fun with it for a couple of games. Mm-hmm. If, if someone would have done that to me when I was 10 years old, like, dude, I would have never forgot that. That would have been yeah, yeah. a highlight of my life. And so not only in YouTube, but across like social media, I'm really trying to grow all of it organically. Um, I'm trying to, as Gary Vaynerchuk would say, you know, scale the unscalable. If someone comments on a picture, I comment back no matter how many comments I get, what time of day it is, or how many followers I end up with. Like I want there to be a conversation between me and whoever wants to have a conversation with me. Right. Um, I mean, just imagine, you know, if, if you're 13, 14 years old and you tweeted, you know, James Harden or Kevin Durant and they actually messaged you back that'd blow your mind. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And not only that, but like if they were actually a positive influence and a good mentor and someone that your family was okay with you following, I mean, I think it's just a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of talking about your, your, uh, cause I'm going to let, I want to let everybody know, or we'll let everybody know like where, where they can find you and everything, um, at the end of the conversation. But I I think this kind of ties into it. Um, your injury that you had, uh, to your eye, was that mm-hmm. kind of like a reset for not just your paintball career, but you, but your life of where, Hey uh, man, this isn't going to last forever. And this could dude, stop at any moment. You have no idea. Um, so for months, um, the best answer that my doctors could give me was, we don't know, you know, time is going to tell. Yeah. And when you don't know if you're ever going to see out of one of your eyes again, uh, like, you really start to realign everything in your life and really understand, you know, what you have is super important. And if there's something that you want to do or something that you want to be the best at, time is limited. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't know if I was ever going to get to play paintball again. And, you know, as, as men, we're, we're really bad about um, what we do kind of defines who we are. Right. Yeah. You, know, you ask, like, that's a conversation that guys have all the time. Like, you this know, identity. Hey, I'm I'm, Hey, I'm Trevor. What do you do? You know, well, I'm a, I'm an architect or I work in construction. Like that's, that's kind of how we identify ourselves. And I mean, everything that is me requires depth perception and both of my eyes, you know, like I, 
I race motorcycles and I play paintball and I drive classic cars and anything and everything that's adrenaline based I'm into. Well, I, I need to know how far away the motorcycle in front of me is and I need to know how far away the car next to me is. So yeah. for the longest time, man, like if I couldn't have seen out of that eye, I, I don't know who or what I would have been after that. And that was really hard to wrap my head around for the longest time. Oh yeah, I, I I couldn't and wouldn't want to imagine what it was like and what was going through your head. I mean, it, so you had com- complete nothing uh, in your one eye, or was it just kind of a very very blurry? Yeah. So for uh, like the first eighteen to twenty four hours, um, it was absolutely nothing. Jesus. And uh, so I had a tear in my retina. Um, it hadn't detached at that point but it was definitely torn and it was bleeding um, internally in my eye. So um, Making my give, eyes hurt just talking about this. Yeah, yeah, right. So the best way to describe it is, you know, if you touch your eye, like you have your ocular bone that's right below your eye. Right. And then you have your eyeball. So the barrel hit my face and one of the shots that came out of his gun hit my ocular bone and the bottom third of my eyeball. Yeah. And that, that impact is what tore my retina internally. So I was bleeding internally in my eye and your eye is really just a big snow globe. So when it fills up with blood, you can't see through blood. So until that blood was absorbed, I couldn't see. Um, and then, you know, dealing with the whole torn retina and floaters and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was all unknown. And like I said, the best thing they could tell me was, you know, time will tell. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to wait and see. Yeah. Jesus, dude. It, yeah. Now, it was was his, his barrel that knocked your goggles off as yeah. well as okay. Yeah. So when I came around, um, I don't I don't know if you have the pictures or seen the pictures, but he's kind of looking away, and I'm still kind of going at him. Mm-hmm. His barrel hit dead center on my goggles, dented the lenses in on my goggles, and there's like this giant scrape that goes up the top of the lens. You still have them? And, oh yeah. 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 Uh, that paintball history will stay, you know, in my office forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like that is what shot the goggles off the top of my head because it kind of rocked the goggles back and then up on my head, and then the elastic strap just, you know, kind of rocketed them backwards. Jesus. Um, and I was, you know, I mean, we're athletes and we're going at each other as hard and as fast as we can. So I'm still going towards the guy mm-hmm. before I realize my goggles are coming off because it happened that fast. Oh yeah. And uh, his barrel hit me in the face, uh, actually hit my nose and my cheek. And then as he was falling away and I was still going towards him, that's when I got shot uh, just in the bottom of my eye. Well, that's crazy. And now you're the reason we all have to wear chin straps. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, let's, uh, let's end on that. I'm, I'm glad you're okay. I'm, I'm super, super excited that you're all right and that you're playing and Appreciate competing it. at the top level. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I, it'll, it, uh It'll never be 100% again. You know, I've, I've got some deficits that'll be there mm-hmm. until the day I die. But, uh, man, I was a quarter of an inch away from losing an eyeball. So I'm thankful Jeez. to still be standing here playing paintball and running around with the best of them. Yeah. Don't, don't get us wrong. This paintball is still, it's safe. It's this, that's probably safe. the, the yeah. worst thing that's ever happened in paintball. And, yeah, and look where you are. You're, you're back and playing again. So, yeah. So, Trevor, um, where can people find you? Where can they uh, research you and, and look at your face all the time? 
Yeah, so uh, just about anywhere you can find me, Trevor Reeser. Um, that's my YouTube channel, just youtube.com backslash Trevor Reeser. Uh, Facebook, I've got uh, Trevor Reeser 31. That is my athlete page. Um, Instagram, Trevor Reeser. Twitter, Trevor Reeser. Um, like I said, I'm all over the place. You can find me. Join in in the conversation. Um, I'm always talking about where I'm at and where I'm going and travels and paintball and you know trying to bring good content to you guys. And I am ready and willing at any point to stop what I'm doing and have a conversation with somebody that wants to talk paintball. Hell yeah, man. That's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on here for sure. I really, I really thank it. you for, uh, for coming on and making time and, uh, kind of tell us and tell us your story and, and kind of your direction of where you're going. And I, I, I love that you're doing the vlog thing and that you're bringing paintball collectively to the mainstream. I think it's, I think it's a great thing. Thanks, man. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm loving the, the podcast too. I mean, this is, this is the kind of stuff that in the day and age that we live in is going to get, you know, people that would have never seen paintball or seen paintball in this kind of, you know, style or at this kind of level. This is the the introduction that people have coming into it. So what you're doing and the production quality that you're bringing to it. And that's, you know, that's what I try to bring on my end too. Like that's the kind of stuff that's going to draw, pe- draw people in. So, I mean, you fit right into that whole ambassadors of the sport thing that, you know, we're the kind of people that are going to, help grow this thing and grow it in a positive way. Hell yeah, just keep trucking, man. Yeah, definitely. All right, bud. Well, good luck in uh, good luck in Dallas, and I will see you there. I definitely want to see you and high five, and uh, I wish you the best of luck, and, um, and good luck in all your travels. Yeah, thanks, man. You too, buddy. All right, we'll see you, Trevor. Take care, bud. See you, man. Bye. Thank you so much, Trevor, for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And everybody listening, make sure you head over to Trevor's YouTube channel, to his Facebook page, to his Instagram, and uh, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. That's what he's doing for our sport. He's trying to grow it. You know, He's trying to see the sport uh, reach its full potential as well as myself. That's what, that's what us uh, old guys want to see happen to the sport. You know, we want... We want everybody to be able to benefit, um, you know, the fruits from our labors. So um, thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate it. Thank you to our sponsors, uh, Raza Life at RazaLife.com. You can find all kinds of sweet stuff over there, uh, custom gear, Raza Life. Thank you. Uh, Vantrition, all your paintball supplements. You can find them, Vantrition.com. Thank you so much, Midwest Clothing, for all of the awesome headgear that you supply myself and all the paintball fans out there, MidwestClothingLLC.com. Uh, thank you to Carbon Paintball for the awesome base layer that uh, that you're providing Aftershock. It is so, so cool. And um, make sure you guys head over and check them out at CarbonPaintball.com. And a big thank you goes to Planet Eclipse. You know what they do. They make the best paintball markers on the planet. Um, and I am very fortunate to be able to shoot an LVR. So... Uh, Thank you to all of our sponsors, and thank you to all of you listeners out there. Very, very greatly appreciate it. You're the reason I'm still doing this stuff, and the reason I'm trying to get all of these great um, paintball minds on here. So make sure you guys tune in. I'm going to try and get as many out as I can, you know, um, you know, this is uh, this is a lot more in depth than what people think. So I'm, I'm really trying to uh, to put content out there for you guys and 
and you know give you something to listen to so i really appreciate you guys tuning in so make sure you head over to the playing on podcast on instagram and uh, myself c mark kizzle also on facebook the playing on podcast and you can find me at carl mark carl microwave markowski and um as well as youtube under carl mar mar <laughs> mar, mar. <laughs> oh it's late carl markowski on youtube so don't forget to like subscribe and share thank you guys again for joining me we will see you next time here on the playing on podcast take care